Welcome to Her Money's Worth, a community and podcast focused on helping you to sort out your money, navigate the world of investing and build long-term wealth. You're joined by your host, Olivia, and each week we deepen our knowledge about all things finance and ensure we're getting our money's worth from every hard-earned dollar. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Money's Worth. I hope that wherever you are this week, you're having a fantastic week. I know I am so far. It is a beautiful sunny week here in Melbourne. So if you're based in Melbourne, I'm sure like me, you are enjoying the lovely weather, which is actually probably quite poorly timed for a lot of us because I think we're probably back into sort of the work routine now. Summer feels over and we had some weird summer weather, but we are having a beautiful time here in Melbourne and some lovely weather coming up for the weekend as well. So I hope that if you are somewhere else in Australia, you're also experiencing some lovely weather or if you're somewhere else in the world then you are not having too much of a bad week either. I'm really excited for what we're going to be talking about in today's episode and actually I feel like it's a little bit overdue. I really wanted to do an episode about this a little bit probably quicker this year but there was just sort of so much to get through and I had a few episodes planned and written up so I'm really looking forward to diving into three tips to survive 2023 today And the reason that I wanted to get into this episode is because there is a lot happening financially in 2023 in the financial world. And a lot of these big things that are happening are now really starting to impact our own wallets and our own bottom line budget. So I really wanted to dive in and talk about this today. And I know that a lot of this has been sort of unfolding since COVID and definitely in 2022, but I think now it's really starting to hit. And I know for me personally, it is starting to hit. And we'll talk about the few factors as to why this is happening. And I'm sure that you've heard about these and you probably have an understanding of these, but we'll talk about them now. And you probably are going to be thinking, oh, yeah, that is affecting me and impacting me and What am I actually doing? So the tips in today's episode are going to provide you with a little bit of insight into what I'm trying to do for 2023 as I'm being impacted a little bit financially by some of these things and maybe give you some ideas as to what you could do based on how you're being impacted as well. So firstly, as we know, for a while now, inflation has been much higher than we want it to be in Australia and in other parts of the world. In Australia, it's hovering around that 7% mark when we are looking for it to be under 3%. So basically, if you don't know, inflation is a rise in price in the cost of things and prices, which means the borrowing power of our money goes down as things get more expensive. Inflation occurs every single year, but the percentage amount that goods and services are now rising in 2022 and 2023 is actually too fast and it's not great for the economy and it's not great for our wallets. So the RBA are really concerned by this and are trying to control it as best they can. And we'll talk about how they're doing that in a minute. And this is obviously having a knock on impact when we go to buy goods and services. So when we go to the grocery store, we see things be more expensive than they were six months ago, 12 months ago. We are seeing, and we have been seeing for a while, petrol going up. So 
And this is having a knock on impact to everyone. So if things are more expensive to live life, when we go to access services, when we go to businesses, when we go to get different things in our life, we are then seeing the price of those things go up. So it's causing, it's having a knock on effect to everyone. And then this essentially means that we are then spending more. So we have to go buy groceries. We have to access services we need in our life. We have to get petrol to put in our cars. So this means that we have then less money in our wallets to use for things we like or to reach goals or to spend on luxuries or investing or whatever it might be that we were doing before. We've now got a little bit less money. Um, and for most people, their wages aren't rising in this with the same rate that inflation is going up. Um, so that means that you're going to have less in your wallet. And it also means that we need to be really cognizant and take action when we are moving through a period like this. This isn't the first time something like this has happened, but it may be for you. It may be the first time something like this has happened for you in your adult life, when you're paying bills, when you're buying all your own groceries, when you've been trying to invest or save or reach goals. So it is really tricky and difficult, and it's definitely something that we want to be aware of. And it's definitely not something we want to just like sleep on and be like, oh, it'll be all right. I won't check my bank account because not taking any action is a way for things to just get away from us and we really don't want to be doing that so in response to inflation and this is like the second thing that's sort of impacting all of us is that interest rates are going up and this is predominantly bad news or you know impacting everyone that lives in a property because this then means that the cost of borrowing money in terms of a mortgage which you need to get from the bank to own a property is going up and this is the majority uh, way that people are borrowing money so there's other ways as well that they're um, paying interest on but this is sort of like most people have a mortgage and this is how the interest rate rise is actually impacting them specifically so this again means that every single month that you're borrowing money from the bank which a mortgage is to pay for your home you are getting more interest popped onto your debt and then the payment is therefore increased to sort of um, counter that. So the bank's probably, so if you have a variable mortgage and we're sort of gonna talk about fixed and variable mortgages a little bit here. Um, if you've got a variable mortgage, which means the bank can change your interest rate, then you've probably been getting those letters saying, your interest rate is increasing. You are now paying $50 more this month. Your interest rate is now increasing. You're now paying $75 more this month or whatever it is, it's going to be individual. Some people have fixed mortgages where they fix them for like 2% around that and that might still be going, but there's a lot of people that are coming into a variable rate in 2023. And this is again, going to be impacting your amount of money that you've got left in your wallet to spend on luxuries and life and all that kind of thing. And depending on how much debt you have and depending on if you're on a variable rate and how much income is, you know, you could be feeling the pinch a lot more than other people. Some people have big savings buffers, some people don't, some people have had increases in their um, income, some people haven't. So it's all individual, but definitely as a whole, people are feeling the pinch. Again, if you don't have a mortgage and you're a renter, there is potentially going to be an impact on you because whoever is paying the mortgage or whoever's your landlord has felt an increase and therefore they may be potentially passing on that increase to you. So as you can see from what I've just explained really, really quickly, I know there's a lot of people being hit in all different directions and essentially most of us are feeling the pinch on our wallets and our budgets. 
So because we are all feeling the pinch this year, and I hope you're not feeling the pinch too bad, but there's still some things that I would like you to be aware of. I'm going to go through three tips and three things that we need to do to get better with our finances in 2023 to make sure that we're not feeling the pinch too much and we are taking action to be on top of this whilst we're feeling this period. In addition, these are going to be lessons and things that I'm trying to work on to get better and that we all should be trying to work on to get better. They're not just things we're going to do in 2023. They're lessons we can take on throughout our life. And no, they are not going to be just things like shop at Audi or don't buy a morning coffee. It's not going to be that sort of stuff. I'm going to be talking about skills and mentalities that we need to actually develop to ensure that we are always getting ahead and we are always prepared for times like these, not just now, but also in the future. So first up, something that I'm trying to get better at doing this year and that I think you should try and get better at doing this year is negotiating. Now, don't run off if you're scared. It is scary. And me coming from a teaching background, if you didn't know, I was a teacher for the last five years. I have never really had the need to be a good negotiator in my job. And I think a lot of other people, when it comes to their pay, have to be good at it or have to develop this skill or they won't get pay rises or bonuses or yet get a better job so as a teacher you just go to work they pay you what they pay you everyone's getting paid the same it increases by a couple of percent every year to try and keep up with inflation and that's it unless you go and get into leadership or you take on an extra responsibility that's literally it. You can't really go and say, I'm working this hard or I've done this. Can you please give me more money? But in a lot of other jobs, you can. So I think for most of my early 20s, I was really lacking this skill. And now I'm in my late 20s. And now this is all happening in 2023. I need to get better at negotiating. Since leaving working full time, I'm now doing some casual CIT work. And it's really interesting because depending on what agency I work on and depending when I work and some different things, there's actually a little bit of like room to move in terms of how much you're getting paid. So I guess in terms of that, I am getting better at negotiating and moving around and trying to see what options I've got in terms of my work. And in addition, I've been doing some freelance work, some paid partnerships, some UGC work. And it's really interesting because I've been going back and negotiating and trying to get much more comfortable with doing this. And I'm seeing it really work and seeing how if you are good at negotiating, if you are going back at asking for more or talking different terms, you can negotiate yourself much more. So to improve our financial situation this year, I'm really going to be working on this. And I think that we all need to be getting much more comfortable with negotiating our worth at work. If you have a nine to five job where you can negotiate your work, there's definitely a couple of things you can do to ensure you're getting paid fairly and make room for negotiating. If you're like a teacher or a nurse or you know something like that that's where it's a bit harder, it's definitely more difficult. Um, but some of the things I'm going to talk about might be relevant to you. And the other thing is I I don't have a lot of I guess experience doing and negotiating in my personal nine to five job, but I have seen my boyfriend recently do a lot of negotiating. He's moved jobs and he's managed to get like multiple pay rises. So I'm going to talk a little bit of what I know from him and other people. And I think that doing this is is really going to be super valuable for you in 2023. So in terms of what you can do to try to negotiate and what you need to like steps you need to take are to ask other people in similar industries and jobs 
what they're getting paid. So have a discussion with friends, have a discussion with recruiters, have a discussion with other people that you feel comfortable with at your job and see what they're getting paid, why they might be getting paid it, have they got any extra responsibility, how much experience have they got, just to get a general gist for what you should be getting paid. Because especially when you go in in the first couple of years of work, you might be unsure about that. And it's really good to ask for other opinions. Second thing you can do is check job listings or speak to recruiters about the salary range at other companies. So you can just give them a call, you can find them on LinkedIn and just have a chat about like what jobs they've got up, what salary range. And it's just gonna give you, so doing these two steps is gonna give you a little bit more information about what's out there, what's you know the market paying. And it's just gonna give you that sort of information and confidence to go to your work and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is sort of the range of what I should be getting paid for these responsibilities. Can we talk about it? So my next thought really is just to straight up chat to your employer about your income. Speak with them about your performance, longevity at the company. You might even you know, bring up the fact that cost of living is more expensive now. Make note about this. When was the last time you got a pay rise to keep up with inflation? And you know, this is obviously going to be based on the culture, relationships at your workplace, and how comfortable you sort of feel with having these conversations. But there is no harm having these conversations. So going and having like a discussion with some other people about what they're getting paid and chatting to recruiters, that's gonna give you the info. And then you're gonna have to go and have that conversation. And I think, you know, a lot of people, especially women, think that, you know, it's really cheeky or, you know, they're going to judge you. But I can guarantee you that if they're in a position where they're talking to people about their salary, you're probably the fifth person that's gone into their office to talk about it that month. You are not going to look silly or cheap. They're probably going to respect that because they probably are also in a position where they want more money in their job. They were going to their managers to talk about their performance and what they're adding to their company. So please don't feel like you're being cheeky or rude to talk about money. Money is impacting everything. It's impacting everyone this year, especially, and they are going to completely understand and what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to turn around and say, we don't have the budget for that or, you know, not at this point or I need you to do X, Y, Z. So whatever comes from the conversation is going to be beneficial for you because you're going to know where they stand, what they're prepared to give you. They might even give you some feedback. They might tell you, you know, a couple of things you need to do. So you're only going to get good feedback from that conversation. And at best, you're going to go and you're going to get a pay rise. So have a think about how you might approach that conversation and how you could perhaps negotiate. So that's sort of like the first step you could think about is if if possible, can you sort of stay in the same role, but go and talk about how you could go and get more money. Another thing you could do, and this is something you can do in any job, but is you could go and look for getting a promotion or going for another job or negotiating, taking on more responsibility, even if you've got the same role. And doing something like this can definitely see an increase in your pay. And there's absolutely a loyalty tax of staying in one place and being loyal to one company. My partner has recently just sort of switched over companies, gotten a pay rise from doing that. And I've seen so many other friends and people do that. So have a think about, is there something that you can do with that as well, no matter what job you're in? Second part for talking about how we're going to get better at negotiating is when we are actually paying for things in our life. So goods and services. So I talked before about how they've, you know, the price is creeping up, we're filling the pinch. This is actually somewhere else that we can be negotiating. So yes, we can negotiate in our jobs and that's a really good place to start, but we can also be negotiating when we're actually paying for things. And again, 
this is something that I never really knew that we could do when I was in my early 20s. I just thought that was the price and you pay it. I didn't know that you could negotiate your bills or products that you pay for. And honestly, I probably would have been too scared as well in my early 20s. And if you feel scared, please don't be too hard on yourself. Um, I have posted videos on TikTok before where I've said like, I just made one call to an insurance company and they dropped my bill and I've saved like $30 a month. And people have basically commented being like, I'd rather not save the $30 a month to avoid the phone call. And I completely get that. It does feel uncomfortable to negotiate, whether it's in your job or whether it's a bill or a product. And it feels sometimes uncomfortable to talk about money, but that is because we have been told by society that it is rude or it is tacky or whatever it is. But doing that or having that emotion only keeps all of us out of the conversation, only keeps us paying more than we need to. So have a think about how we can be braver with this. Now, when I'm talking about goods and services, I'm mainly sort of thinking about bills that you're paying regularly, or perhaps if you're going to, you know, buy a car, that is definitely something you should be negotiating. Absolutely. Or if you need, you know, products for your house. So, you know, I'm talking like technology products, or if you need something from like good guys, or so that's like a a white goods place in Australia, if you're not in Australia. So, um, you know, anything like that, you know, if you're going to buy a new phone or a laptop from JB Hi-Fi, again, it's like a technology shop, you should be negotiating or seeing what deal we can get, or can you price match this, or what's the best you can do? Nothing, you're not going to lose anything by having that conversation and saying, like, oh, is there a better offer I could get here? So if you want to negotiate down a bill, or you want to sort of think about a car, or even if it's like a white good product, the best way to sort of do this is probably via phone call. And I know it can be a bit nerve wracking, but it's probably better than going into the shop and having the conversation in person if you're feeling a little bit nervous. So have a think about what you want to do. Let's, for example, take a bill. You can call up to your provider, just say basically you want to have a look at your bill and see if there's something you can review to get a better deal. Often you'll get put through to a retention team if it's a bill or if it's like a mortgage interest rate or something like that. And basically every conversation that person that you're getting put through to is having every day is basically an interaction to keep people within their company or business. So if you're calling your electricity provider, your phone provider, if you're calling your um, mortgage interest rate provider, whoever you're calling, every conversation that retention person's having or most of them would be someone saying, I want a better deal. I want a better deal. I want a better deal. So don't feel nervous about calling this person because you're probably the 30th person that day that said to them, I want a better deal. And basically all they're going to do is go through, look at your account, see what you're eligible for, you know, see what discount they're willing to give and that kind of thing. And then they're going to come back to you and say, yep, this is what we can give you or no, this is what we can do. Again, it's like nothing to lose. Literally, that person doesn't know you. You're never going to see them again. They don't think you're cheeky because you're the 30th person that day that's asked for a new deal. So, yeah, and you're also giving that that company and that business the chance to keep your business for probably a 10 or 20% discount. It's worth it for them. They are making so much money. They are happy to give you that rather than you go over to the next provider to get the, the better deal. And it's also easy for you to, you know, keep – Um, yourself from having to do the paperwork from leaving somewhere to go to get a better deal so it's kind of a win-win for everyone if you call up and ask for a better discount and if you've ever heard that saying the squeaky wheel is the wheel that gets the oil 
it is 100% true. Same thing goes if you want to buy a white good. Again, have a look on the website, see what they're doing, see what you can get. You might be able to call up or you might have to go into the shop and say, where's a better deal I can get? I saw it cheaper here. Can you match it? Etc. So two things we need to get good at in terms of our negotiating. Number one is negotiating our worth at work or with our job or with freelance or having to think about how we can get more money from the paid work we're doing. And number two is thinking about how can we save money on the goods and services we are buying. The next thing I want you to do in 2023, if you're not already doing this, is I want you to start paying yourself first. Now, you may have already heard of this as like a budgeting system, but it is a great mindset and habit to get into that can hugely help you to stay on track with your goals, especially when times are a little bit more difficult. Now, with paying yourself first, people tend to think that paying yourself first is about not worrying about your bills, not worrying about your responsibilities and just saving and investing all your money. So paying yourself first is, you know, irresponsible or, you know, it's really bad and whatever. It is not about that. Okay. All it is, is about knowing in advance before you get paid, what you should actually be able to save and invest from every pay and just doing that first. So the idea is that you have a look at your expenses, see what you need to pay for. You have a look at your income and see what income you've got coming in from different sources. And then you work out what you've got left. So let's just give a really quick maths example. If you make 2,500 every fortnight and you need $1,500 every fortnight to pay all of your life and expenses and bills and housing, you should have $1,000 left every fortnight. So before you start paying your bills and buying your groceries and getting your coffees and going out, you want to put that $1,000 away for yourself. So $500, say, let's, it goes in your savings account, $500, let's say, gets invested. You want to do that first. So if you get paid on Tuesday, you want to start doing that on Wednesday. That ensures that you've only got $1,500 left to pay your bills, live your life, pay your rent, buy your coffee. Okay, that ensures you only have that. Now, that's not a big deal because you already know you can live on that. It's not that you're not going to pay your rent or you're not going to pay your electricity bill, bill, pardon me. It's that you already know you could, you, that's all you need. But basically what that stops you doing is that stops you running out of money for the fortnight or the month before you've already done your saving and investing. Because if I look at my bank account and I've got $2,500 in there, yeah, I'm going to pay my bills, I'm going to pay my rent, I'm going to pay my electricity, I'm going to get coffee. But then I might think, oh, I've got a little bit left over. Let's go buy a top and, oh, yeah, I'm getting paid in a couple of days. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's have a big night out. But then I've not saved or invested anything. Or I might go, oh, I've just gotten paid and I've got $300 left. Oh, okay, I'll put that away now. Whereas if you do it first, it's very, very clear what you've got to live on. Now, you don't want to be struggling to pay necessities or struggling to still continue life. So you need to be realistic. So, for example, when I'm talking about the $2,500 a fortnight example, I'd say probably $15,000 to $2,000 is probably where people are sitting on what they need. You'd still have $500 to invest first or save first. That could be realistic. So you want to sort of see like what is realistic for you. You don't want to say, okay, I'm going to leave myself with $500 to live for the fortnight and I'm going to invest or save $2,000 out of that $200, $500. That might be a bit much. So make sure you're realistic with it. But again, this is adjustable. So if you start feeling like you're struggling to pay necessities or enjoy life, pull back. So say instead of 
um, putting away that $1,000 for yourself, you might only put away $800 the next fortnight. So you can always change it up, but doing it first is such a good mindset and mentality, and it will ensure that it keeps your goals on track during a period when costs are up. So if you're not doing that, and then you're like, oh, this is a bit more expensive, that's a bit more expensive, you will start spending more. I'll give you an example about how paying yourself first has worked so well for me over the last year. So when I, because I haven't been working the same amount of days or getting the same amount of income anymore, sort of over the last year, it's been really difficult. It hasn't been difficult for me. It's actually been good for me to balance my um, spending and my expenses and things. But basically what I've done is I've set it up so I invest as soon as I get paid. So I get paid on the Tuesday from like the job that I'm working at normally and then like other stuff comes in. But I normally get paid like mainly on the Tuesday and then on the Wednesday out of that pay comes money to invest. And that is non-negotiable every fortnight. It's automatic. It's done for me. And there's probably been fortnights or months where I've been like, oh, things are a bit tight. Maybe I wouldn't have invested money if I had to do it myself or it wasn't set up as a pay yourself first kind of scenario. But because I'd already set that up and because that's been going, there's never been a fortnight that I've missed. Even when things have been a bit tighter, even when I've worked one less day, that money has come out regardless and it's been fantastic. It's made sure that I've kept my priorities and my goals at the forefront of my budget. And the last thing that I want to make sure you are doing in 2023 and something that is extra important during a period where costs are going up is us for us to be really cognizant of where every single dollar is going. And notice I'm not saying have a budget in place here. It's not necessarily about that or you don't have to be really strict, but this is just to make sure that no dollar is getting wasted or spent on things that are either paying what you need to pay for necessities in life or that you aren't really enjoying or having value added into your life. Now, this doesn't mean, like I said, you'd have to be super strict or log a spreadsheet or daily tracking or anything like that. Like you can't live like that. I don't think that's enjoyable and I don't advocate for that. And I don't personally do that. And I never really have. Um, but it's just about knowing that we're not letting money fritter away into the atmosphere without sort of keeping track of it. And there's definitely some direct actions that you can take to ensure you know where every dollar is going and that it's not being wasted. So firstly, we can go through our bank account and check for any new subscriptions or memberships, and we can just get rid of them. In addition, is there anything that you're not using that much that you could miss for a period? So obviously things are getting a bit tighter in 2023, you know, have we had Netflix for a while and we're a bit bored of it now and maybe we could use some free services for a while and consume those shows. Like there's so much on like all the main channels, all those different reality shows. Um, there's so much on like ABC. I'm giving some um, Australian based ones, but you know, there's just like free to stream ones. Have a look at there, maybe go through. Is there some ones you've missed on there because you just think that, you know, everything's better on Netflix, everything's better on Stan. There's definitely a perception that when we pay for something, it's better, but often those things are really good too. Next thing, put together, and this isn't again a budget, but put together an allocated just splurge fund that you can spend on whatever you like based on what you're earning. So you know that what you're spending on things for yourself and you can pull back if needed once you get to your allotted amount. So for example, if you're at the moment just kind of still living your life and you think it's a bit tired, but you're still spending, could you maybe say, okay, actually, instead of just doing that, I'm going to give myself $500 for the fortnight 
there that I can spend on whatever I need. And then once I got into the $500, once that's gone out of that splurge account, or, you know, if you want to do a cash envelope or whatever might help you, that's it. You're done. You cannot get anything else. You can't, you know, have a strict rule for yourself. Like you've got it. And once it's gone, it's done. Maybe it's for like dinners and going out. Maybe it's for clothes. Maybe you're a book person, whatever it might be, have that splurge account there. So you don't go over maybe in normal times or before like your interest rate went up or something, you could sort of cope, but now you're feeling the pinch. That could be a really good strategy is to make sure your splurge money is actually capped. And lastly, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about putting in a budget, but I'm just going to sneak sneak it in here. Um, if, if you can or you already were, it's a good idea to have just another look at your budget. Okay, so I'm not saying you have to be super strict, but if you're already kind of working on a budget, it might be a good time to actually go back and review that and see if everything in all of like your budgeting categories, pardon, or your sinking funds or your 50, 30, 20 budget, just go back and see if it's actually working for you. And just make sure you aren't wasting any money. Like for example, you know, do you have in your life money, do you have a gym membership, but you haven't used it in three months? Maybe that's not really serving you. Or maybe you've got, um, you know, you're trying to invest and save maybe too much and you may need to pull down a, a little bit for 2023. So just have a think about your budget and if you can actually review some of the expenses that are within that and like i was talking about in my last point paying yourself first is actually a budgeting strategy it is a way to do things so if that works for you as well bring that into play and see how you can maybe continue to keep up with your goals and that is it for today's episode i know that something in this episode will be of use during 2023 And I hope that you can bring in one tip or trick into your financial life to continue to have success, even though things are costing us a little bit more right now. And I wish you all the best of luck with your budgeting and reaching all of your goals in 2023. In next week's episode, I'm so excited because we are going to be diving into our first book club episode ever. And if you know me, then you'll know that I'm obsessed with reading both fiction and nonfiction. So I'm just so excited about that. If you haven't read the book yet, then we are going to be talking about Vince Scully's Live the Life You Want with the Money You Have. And I'm just so excited because I feel like this book and this title just really embodies my mentality and ethos towards money so we're going to be highlighting four of the best lessons from this book and i'm trying to pick things from the book that are really unique and that you may not have heard before so we can all learn some things new that are going to help us on our personal finance journey so there's still a week if you would like to read it i read it really quickly um if you're not a reader tune in where i'm going to go through and give you some of the most important snippets and it'll feel like you've read the book yourself have a great week and i'll talk to you next wednesday Just a quick note before you go, you may not know this, but behind Her Money's Worth and this mic is just me. I'm drafting, editing and recording all of the episodes by myself and running our social channels. So if you liked this episode and would like to support this podcast to grow, I would hugely appreciate if you give this podcast a review and make sure you click follow on whatever platform you listen to it. In addition, please share this podcast with a friend who you think might want to join you in sorting out your money, starting investing and building long-term wealth. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice 
and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions relating to any financial products. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the education you need to continue doing your own research. Thank you.